right, welcome to the JMJ Missions Podcast, saving as many souls as possible, one at a time. We are a in-person online ministry, we give talks, we are on YouTube, we are on social media, you can always support us via Anchor, support us from our GoFundMe. So today, we have an incredibly interesting, I should just say that ahead of time, just because we know how interesting it's going to be, we're, we're confident in that. We're interviewing a very successful evangelist, I could say, Catholic evangelist, who's very successful on social media, in particular TikTok and also Instagram, but she does it kind of at all. Uh, Amber Rose, the religious hippie, you can find her, I believe it's at the underscore religious underscore hippie. Did I say it right, Amber? <laughs> yeah, it's basically, yeah. If you just type in the religious hippie, you'll find me. I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like a hundred, I think like a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, something around there. So we're at a hundred point 10k on tiktok now and nice. then on like youtube it's like 12k and instagram it's wow. like 18k so we're getting there <laughs> yes so you are officially social media famous kind definitely of. noteworthy and you're yeah. and you're approaching famous and that's, that's really the milestone cool. like that, that's exactly. an impressive milestone we hit a really thousand is. followers on instagram for the first time and we like <laughs> basically threw a party that's amazing <laughs> i love that for you guys that's awesome <laughs> So we are very happy that Amber has taken the time out to talk with us, to um, let us interview her in a sense. The topic today is why do we do this? Like, what do we do? Um, and why do we do it? So we'll hear from her first because she is the expert in that arena with social media. And we'll all kind of weigh in on like, why, like, why do we like do these things for Christ? What's the point? You know, we give up a lot of time, uh, a lot of effort. Um, you know, and we, we obviously for JMJ, we, we bring in a little bit of income for our talks and whatnot, but not enough to justify <laughs> all the effort we put in, uh, obviously you don't do this for the money. So like, why, you know, why do we do this? That's our topic. But before we get into that and interview Amber, um, rock, I believe we had a small talk conversation starter, um, having to do with social media and uh, videos. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, on our channel, uh, we do a lot of different um, kinds of videos. We've done um, we've done vlogs, we've done Q and A's, we've done documentary style based videos. And I saw on Amber's channel that she does the same as well. She has quite an eclectic mix of videos, video styles that she that she does. And we were wondering, Amber, uh, what is your favorite style of video that you like to make? Yeah. So if I want to go for convenience, I'll go for TikTok videos. But if I want to go for like my favorite to film, probably vlogs and my favorite to edit, probably like those short, like straight to the point, five things that I love about like Catholicism or five things that I love about this or that. Um, okay. It depends on the situation. <laughs> Amber, how long, how long does it take you to make a TikTok? Because you're able to pump them out like real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that's helpful. Um I can probably make about, I could probably make about a TikTok a minute, depending on really? how long it is. Yeah. It wow. really doesn't take me that That's long insane. to like type it out and do everything I need it to do. It takes me like 45 minutes. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It takes it me takes such a long time. So long. Yeah, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have to like dedicate like a part of my day. <laughs> like, maybe I'm just on, maybe I'm just ADHD and I have a lot of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> that, could, that could be it. No. Like I couldn't even understand. 15 minutes but for, it, it really does take you like it takes a I long can be time packing up all my video equipment that takes like close to an hour and you're still working on the tiktok yeah i know <laughs> what yeah and i also have to do it in like silence i have to be like in a different room that's true and yeah. 
barricades himself and he spends a really long time on like the subtitles like the like the words when you when you kind of caption it you make your own captions like does that take you a while how do you how do you do that so i so when it comes to the caption i basically just think like lol this would be hilarious (laughs) caption or something and then my my uh hashtags are like i have them already copied to my clipboard so i just like press it i'm like all right that's my hashtags i just put them up that's smart i just i already i already have the ones that i feel like would be the most common so like catholic catholic church hashtag for you page hashtag this and that and then i'll have specific ones already set to go so if i'm doing a pro-life video it'll be like hashtag catholic hashtag pro-life whatever pro-life stuff if Mm -hmm. i'm doing just fun stuff have you know i'll I'll do it for specific videos and i'll have them saved to my clipboard on my phone and then i just press it and there you go that's smart because i sit there and like type them out like a chump but (laughs) (laughs) no worries we were all there at one point (laughs) what's the max like 30 they give you 30 hashtags Hashtags, or something yeah i don't know i just go until they tell me to stop (laughs) (laughs) not a bad strategy (laughs) at all so rock you're the one that asked the question what's your favorite kind of uh, media to make what kind of video do you like uh definitely documentary style kinds of videos we haven't done many of them many of those kinds of videos we've only done one in fact uh it's on our channel it's it's about a a friend a dear friend of ours that had a massive conversion and he was a hockey player and he was en route to the nhl and god intervened uh that was a lot of fun to make i hope we could make more videos like that in the coming future uh, but that, that's definitely my preference yeah and rock you did so well on that video that's Thank you. that's my favorite video to watch thanks mm-hmm. yeah i gotta say that really was all rock the documentary like some of the vlogs we have a little bit of a say in it you know some of the other videos the q a's we have a little bit of a say although the editing does come down to rock's work the mehan ryan mehan conversion documentary video um, what's the exact title? Do you guys remember so people can find it on YouTube if they're looking yeah, for it? It's Ryan Meehan's testimony from brokenness to God's intervention, God, something God, like that. Okay. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is cool. I mean, he was really down and out, like I said, NHL player uh, who had a huge, massive turnaround in his life to Christ from from tough family situations and all and kind of tough situations for everything, sins, all that. So you can look it up on YouTube if you want to see it. Yep. Um, great job on there, Rock. And what's your favorite um, kind of video to make? Uh, well, when it doesn't take me 45 minutes, a reel. But I think for <laughs> when it comes to YouTube, I like when we vlog. I like when we go somewhere and have an activity that we're doing instead of just like looking at the camera. Gotcha. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Should and we take about a... you, Dan? Oh, sorry. Uh, for me? <laughs> Aunt forgot about me. <laughs> Some friend. Um, so, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you Actually, it was probably providentially forgot because i don't even know what my favorite kind of video is um i think vlogs are a lot of fun i i think Mm -hmm. that uh like you know just walking around having the camera follow us around you know kind of putting all the all the effort onto rock again to make to edit it splice it up um and just being fun and casual i love being fun and casual kind of taking you through through our day and through how we we roll um because vlogs aren't fake i mean people can be fake when they vlog but if you're doing it the right way you're just letting your own personality come out you're just being yourself super casual super fun so i I love i would say real quick my favorite vlog we've ever made was the maria esperanza one Mm -hmm. and amber i don't know if you've You've seen that, or I think if you've I heard did. Us I think I did out, see but, it. But um, that was uh, it. Was really it's really personal to our lives, and I think that was my favorite one to make. It was a fun day. Yeah, good answer. That was a fun day. It's like it's like going on, you know, like the old family videos where like you know you drudge up those like old cassettes from your family from when you were like little, and then you watch them. It's I feel like vlog has that kind of feel to it, and I just love that. 
Um, So before we get into the interview, we're actually going to get into Amber's head on why she does this and why she has been so successful in in doing it. Why live for Christ? um, Why evangelize for Christ? How to do it on social media? All those questions are coming. uh, But before that, uh, we're going to take a quick 15 second uh, little music break and we'll come back with uh, the interview. All right, we are back again interviewing Amber Rose, the underscore religious underscore hippie, no underscore. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna see you know her 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 take on all of this and why we do this. We'll weigh in ourselves on what we do as well. Have kind of a conversation. But before we even get to that, a quick um, a quick note. Um, this is our first ever. Well, we actually tried this once before and it didn't work due to technical issues. So we're actually, this is the second time we've had Amber on, although no one listening will ever know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, this is the first distance podcast we've been doing. So if it sounds a little different, that's why. Thank you for sticking with. Um, uh, we have, we, we figured out the, like, how to do it through Zoom, which um, we're kind of behind the eight ball on that because I think everybody has figured that out how to like record on Zoom. But for us being non-technical people, we just figured that out. So we're happy to have her on as our first guest. But she wasn't always completely into her faith. Uh, she had an interesting upbringing, an interesting story, uh, a lot of ups and downs. So Amber, like, how did you come into all this? Like, What were you like before you really started living for the Lord and evangelizing through social media for the Lord? I was a very highly energetic child. Bouncing off the walls constantly, constantly had ants in my pants, as they like to say. I could never sit still. I was raised in a very Catholic traditional household. I was raised veiling, going to the traditional Latin mass, uh, which was with the canons regular. Um, So it wasn't really SSSXP or FSSP. It was its own thing. Um, And so it wasn't set of contism either. It was just like its own thing. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so I was raised doing that. Um, that's where I got confirmed and I had my first Holy communion and I got my catechism. Very um, nice. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And so honestly, s- I enjoyed it. So you were raised in a very, a very like super Catholic household, like, you know, devout, um, at that young age, was it in your heart? How did you feel about it personally? Or were you kind of just going through the motions? Well, I guess that really just depends because for me as a young kid, it's hard for me to remember certain things. Um, But uh, from what my mom has told me, I was very into my faith as a young kid. But as I came into more like nine, 10, 11 preteen years, I was more interested in hanging out with friends at the mall and fashion trends and this and that. So I ended up kind of getting away from my faith from I would say a pretty young age because I was being sucked into the world through friends and like clothing and stuff, even though my clothing taste was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I was into it for quite a while. And then um, I would pray the rosary and stuff by myself as a kid. And I had my favorite, like uh, St. Joseph, dark green rosary. And I would pray it all the time. We would go to daily mass with the nuns. um, But that all kind of stopped when I was a preteen. Okay. So what do you think was like the catalyst to all that stopping? So we're into it as a kid, you know, a lot of us have that innocent 
belief in God. We kind of love God as a kid. And then the world kind of, especially our culture, it's 2022, right? And especially the, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't quite much better. You know, the culture kind of creeps in. What kind of happened for you to drift away? Um, and how long did you drift away? Like how long did that period last for? Yeah. So I, so, so we officially drifted away probably when I was about 13. Um, but I was really into like worldly music and this and that. I thought it was so cool that like people were on TV and they could wear short shorts and, and tank tops. And, um, it was just a whole other world that I wasn't really used to, or even knew about because when I was a kid, we only had like PBS kids and like, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have Hannah Montana or any <laughs> of those shows, you know, until I was older and 13. And um, it's always Hannah Montana, man, sending people to hell. No, I'm just kidding. So it was really difficult because, you know, I wanted that. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be popular, just like any teenager I feel like does. Um, and so that kind of pushed it for me. I always saw church as like once I stopped catechism class because and we didn't go to choir anymore or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, probably because I didn't want to, but you know, <laughs> um, I didn't really have many Catholic friends at that point, good Catholic friends. Um, and so that also didn't help. And then with all of the sex scandals that happened and things like that in the church, it really deterred my parents. And so we just stopped going all together. Gotcha. So it sounds like what you're saying is like, it was kind of the perfect storm of you weren't exposed to too much of the culture growing up. Your the sex scandals in the church happened, uh, combined with a whole new like world that you're looking at all at the same time, combined with you going into your teen years. I mean, that just sounds like that perfect classic storm of like, okay, fate's gonna take a backseat. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it seems like in this culture, without in fact, and I'm just gonna say it, I, I think straight up, the culture we're living in, there's so many distractions, there's so much kind of sin being thrown all over the place and so common and normal that without our really good prayer life, I think we all would end up in that boat. Anybody without a really devout, disciplined prayer life is going to, especially, oh my gosh, as a teenager, you know, um, not that at 13, you need to be like on your knees praying the rosary at from two to 4 a.m. every night. Um, but like if a teen doesn't have something for the teenagers that might be listening, like just something, like even if it's closing your eyes, giving your heart to God for a few minutes, reading some scripture, getting to adoration for 15 minutes, just something, you know, a rosary uh, to keep you going. You know, we, we can all fall into that very easily. I mean, for us, we weren't into our faith at all as teenagers. We never kind of were. I was even from the beginning. Say that. It was the exact opposite for, for us and for our lives and for our conversions. Like all we knew was the world. And especially with the, with the, with the sex scandals, we didn't want to go anywhere near priests. And then we were opened up to a, just like you, Amber, you were opened up to a whole different kind of world. Um, as far as, you know, what was trendy and all that, we were opened up to a whole nother world with our faith. And obviously we never really knew that existed either. And it was so refreshing for us. Right. It was so new to us. That's a great word to use refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how, how long were you kind of away for like until what age did you actually come back and like what caused your spiritual comeback? Yeah. So I was probably, I think, so through my teenage years, I never really thought about God that much. I knew he existed, but I didn't really think about him until one night I dropped one of my close friends off at my house. He was a horrible friend, but I still loved him dearly. You know, (laughs) I just, I had that thing about me where I just, I loved everybody. And so he was my best friend for a few years. 
And I dropped him off at his house. He was going through a lot of stuff. And I was just like, this is bigger than me. And I remember just like crying and I couldn't see the road. So I pulled over and I just asked God, I'm like, can you just help him? Like, I can't do anything anymore. You need to help him like do something, you know, like I was just like, I can't do anything anymore. You need to help him. And then I took a breath and I was like, okay, anyway, so (laughs) I just went home. Um, But that was probably the first time I thought about God in like a long time. And that was when I was about 17. And then I turned 18 and um, I kind of thought about it a little bit more because I was going through some rough patches in my friendships and my mental health was suffering greatly. And I remember being a kid and just being like really happy and stuff. Um, I liked going to mass as a family and then eating dinner afterwards or eating breakfast afterwards, depending on which one we went to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like a really fun time in my childhood that I was like, oh, well, I'd like to revisit that. But I didn't want to go back to church. Um, I didn't want to be surrounded by the quote unquote prudes and I didn't want to be told how to live or what to do. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to do things. I wanted to wear what I wanted to wear. I wanted to buy things on Sundays and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. But the issue is that I still had conviction about it because I was raised with those things. So even though I would dress immodestly, I would curse, I would do those things that were considered sins. I still had conviction about it because I was raised, you know, in the Catholic faith. And I wouldn't call it like Catholic guilt. I think a lot of people call stuff like that Catholic guilt. I wouldn't call it that because I didn't feel guilty because Mm -hmm. of my faith. I felt guilty because I knew better. Right. It's like your conscience was Mm -hmm. well-formed, which is hard to find these things I found. Um, (laughs) But the thing is, is like, I wasn't, I I knew the things I was doing was wrong, but I also didn't want to give them up because it's what made people like me. Yep. Um, And that was my hardest probably part about coming back. So I was away for eight years. I ended up coming back when I was about 19 Um, and I didn't go back for the right reasons automatically. Originally, I just went to go find a group of friends, good friends, like Catholic friends um, that weren't, you know, Satanists or like anything else that I ran into. Um, <laughs> so you and- actually ran into, wait, yeah, because like, don't just brush by that. <laughs> like you didn't just say that. So you actually had brushes with real Satanists. Yeah, well, they thought they were real Satanists. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So like the, the, the emo kind where like they're, they're not real Satanists, but they're just like skirting like, it like because of, like, they're trying to, they're trying to <laughs> they- rebel. Yeah, they, they the like edge, to, yeah. to call themselves that. And I was like, mm, yeah, at best, you're maybe like maybe a Wiccan or something like that. <laughs> so they were like but lukewarm Satanists. Yeah. Lukewarm. I mean, you can't be <laughs> lukewarm. You'll get you'll get spit out. All right. You got to be hot or cold. Come on. No, no, Mostly no, hot I'm for not... them. No, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. <laughs> and, 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 and just for the record, because this is like an actual podcast that people are going to hear. Um, I'm not promoting any kind of Wicca or, or Satanism. <laughs> That is completely a joke, but um, yeah, turn to Christ. Okay, go ahead, Amber. Yeah. Keep going. No, yeah, I was friends with them and they were into tarot cards and Ouija boards and mm-hmm. sage and this and that. And I don't think sage is bad because in the Catholic church, we use it too, you know, right. Like, but there's a difference and an intention behind why you're using it and what you're using mm-hmm. it for. Sage is not some magical thing that's going to get rid of stuff. Like you need a priest to do blessings. You need, right. there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Yeah. Um, now, did you have any weird experiences? Like, you know, yeah. what, was there ever a moment where it's like the darkness, like proved the sunshine for you? Like, did you have any experiences with this kind of stuff that kind of opened you up to realize, wow, like, like this, the Satanism stuff, this is real, you know, like the spiritual world is real. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was actually, our house was actually haunted when I was a kid. Um, 
And so we were pushed downstairs, things would talk, stuff would break. Uh, my sister was almost pushed off the top bunk of the bed. I almost drowned in the bathtub. There was right. like a bunch of stuff that happened. <laughs> oh <my goodness>. there. <laughs> um, but I was a kid, so I didn't understand that. So was this a house that you moved into or was this a house that you were always in? So I was born in this house. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm. So I was born in the house downstairs in the bedroom and um, it's always been that way. And we had to get it blessed a lot before mm. we got the demon, but we still live in the same house. Right. How's wow. the demon now? Like, is, does it feel more secure there? More peaceful? Um, wait, wait, wait. The demon or the house? <laughs> oh, I mean... <laughs> the house. Now, like, how's the demon doing? How's the demon? How, right? how is the good? demon? Does when he, does the he revisit he... every now and again? Yeah. When was the last time he talked Stop to him? Stop in for coffee? <laughs> <laughs> just every now and then, you know, we just like, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, is with like those types of things with Father Ripperger, if you guys are familiar with him, he's an exorcist. Yeah. Yep. Um, Love Father he Ripperger. says, yeah, same. He says that you need to get your house blessed like every year if you've had a demonic infestation. Um, for us, we the last time we got our house blessed was like 2010. Um, okay. So it's probably due for a new blessing, um, but okay. we just haven't gotten there yet. Gotcha. So um, it's probably due for one, for sure. Um, but so far, so good. I mean, we've had some close calls with some goodwill buys that my mom has bought, and she's brought some things with them. But uh we got rid of okay. those. So Interesting. Yeah, yeah. cuz they, they always say to be careful. Uh there was mm -hmm. just there were saints that mentioned like be careful what you buy from people because everything's got a spiritual uh charge to it, yep. you know. Um and it can be very good like a relic. That's where the church teaching on relics comes from, but actually will tell you there's a lot of negative stuff too. So it's just very interesting and and the a cool thing about all this, not that it's cool cuz obviously that's <laughs> scary. It, that's scary when stuff like that but happens it's in your house. Well, you know, my, as a teacher, my students love talking about that stuff because it really does show them. And they tell me this, that if the negative stuff is real, then clearly the positive is as well. Then you have right. God and the light of God. And, you know, um, and that's where the mystical life of the saints and all the really cool miraculous stuff comes in on the other side. So interesting. Yeah. So you were about 19, you said, when you came fully back into the, into the faith. Yeah, I was about 19 looking for some friends that weren't a bad influence okay. um, who didn't play with Ouija boards and talk about demons and didn't have demons in their bedroom closets and ugh, you know, <laughs> the fun stuff. <laughs> so there was a bonfire at a church I used to go to when I was little. Um, it's pretty modernized, unfortunately. And I didn't think it was that bad, but I was still pretty new. So I was like, yeah, you know, might as well give it a shot. So they had mm -hmm. a bonfire. I hit it off pretty well with some of the kids. And so I decided to go to mass that Sunday because I, I hit a pretty low point in my life. And I was just like, you know what? I went to the young adult group. I know some people there. I felt happy at mass. So I'm going to go to mass. And I had a major conversion in front of the Eucharist, um, in wow. the back, of course, because I did not sit in front. Like in <laughs> Eucharistic adoration? Um, no, during mass. Oh, so like during like the consecration or something like that or. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was interesting that I had it there though, because, um, that church in itself, there's a lot of stuff going on there that is not very good. Yeah. Um, but I definitely had it there. And so I was just like, Oh, this is where I'm meant to be, I guess. <laughs> um, and Jesus kind of just, he would do this thing. Uh, he, I kind of like heard him in my heart. He would be like, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I just said, no, no, not really. I'm sorry, but no, <laughs> I don't even know you. <laughs> well, dude, honestly, sure he appreciated that than lying to him. Exactly. Yeah. You know, he knows our hearts. He just wants us to be honest with him. But the exactly. funniest thing was, is like, I would say that. 
And then it just kept coming. Like, it was almost like louder and louder and louder. It's like, can you trust me? Do you trust me? Can you trust? It was almost like he took like a little, a little, what is it? Like the hammer and the chisel or whatever. It was just Mm -hmm. like chipping away at my heart. Like, do you trust me? Can you trust me? That's so cool. And, um, eventually got to the point where I was just like, okay, okay, okay. I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) um and then i started going to adoration after that i started praying my rosary um i got involved with the group there but after they took us to a buddhist temple to meditate and then there was a bunch of stuff happening with um a trans person that was there that was allowed to sleep in the girl's room it was a boy transition to girl and i felt very uncomfortable i tried talking about that but i was shut down and from previous abusive experiences just with men and stuff i was not comfortable with them sleeping in same you know it's just or showering in the same showers and Mm -hmm. yeah it it just made me uncomfortable and um but of course you know i was put on the back burner because my feelings didn't care yeah you're you're the bad guy in that situation the wrong one yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And so after they had a meeting about, uh, oh, what do you want to change about the Catholic Church? The priest actually came in and was like, okay, what do you guys want to change about the Catholic Church? The women said, we want contraception handed out after mass. We want oh, we want abortion pills sent to us. We we don't want to pay for this and that. Like, we should I'm have sorry, can, can I Can I pause you right there? <laughs> just the idea of contraception being handed out after mass. Just that's in my like, mind, that's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I'm sorry. The idea of actually that happening is I'm usually it's like soft pretzels or something. Soft pretzels, yeah. you know, we're gonna cards. That, you know. I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. that's Donuts. and I'm not trying to be mean or like condescending no, towards accurate. anybody. It's yeah. just the, the me imagining that in my head, like the priest handing that stuff like, out is smiling. absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it's yeah. Have a great week. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Have um, some condoms. <laughs> like it's fine. Right. It's like like oh man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, two things I'm taking from that. Number one, that even in the most um, unorthodox of parishes, if there's good intentions, good things can happen. Like your conversion in front of the Eucharist came at that parish. So very interesting that like if someone has good intentions and a good heart, even though they may be very misguided because we are very orthodox, we're orthodox Catholic, we're into it, you know, um, we, we're, we, we're totally in step with the Catholic faith on everything that we believe. We believe the, the teachings come from the Holy Spirit and so do the sacraments and everything. Um, but where there's good intentions, I've been so surprised I've spoken at some parishes, you know, and my talks are pretty, you know, hardcore about the saints and Eucharistic adoration and all that. And some parishes that are just so like wishy-washy with their spirituality. And I've just met the nicest people there. So the Lord can surprise you, but at the same time, it seems like he was guiding you to a better spot. Like eventually you did have to kind of get out, you know, because you needed the, you needed the truth. You needed the real thing eventually. Yeah, it was at that point that I actually looked up on my phone, like traditional parishes near me kind of thing. And I found the old traditional Latin mass parish that my dad used to take us to when we were little. And it's uh, St. John Cantus. It's downtown Chicago. Everybody knows about it. Um, So I started, ended up going there. And that's actually where I had my first confession in like eight years. Oh, wow. How did that feel after (laughs) you were done? Um, I was shaking in my boots beforehand (laughs) um, because I... I got one of the tough priests that actually scared me a lot as a kid. Mm. Um, And I never wanted him as a kid because I just felt like he was old and scary and like, you know, he's such a sweetheart. I mean, he gave me, (laughs) he gave me a Fatima medal and he always makes sure like, come visit me. And like, he's, um, well, he's like 80 something, maybe even his nineties now. And he's still just like the sweetest person. (laughs) And um, I'm just like, wow, childhood fears. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy how much of your story is similar to ours, but different because you said that you kind of got back into it when you were 19. 
And I know Dan and Rock, you guys were 19. I was 20 when we got into it. And yep. also you said your first real confession in like eight years, like that was us too. Like yeah. I went to my confirmation retreat confession in eighth grade or ninth grade or whatever. And I didn't confess again until I was 21. Same. So like, and then, well, 19. Yeah. And then yeah. That, when I was 21, like that was like a real confession, like where I actually like thought of like my sins and like legit. And I was terrified to do it. Yeah. So it's, well, I, don't know, I, I think it's cool. Really. I love in your talks, you also mentioned the actual reaction, how you had, you brought in like a paper, right? Yes. Uh, uh, I like wrote and- down my sins. Cause I, I thought I was <laughs> I afraid that. I was going to forget them. So I wrote down and I started with like, like the biggest and the baddest, you know what I mean? Yeah. Over like the past seven years, like they were at the top. And then, <laughs> and I also didn't know how many details to give because I didn't know about confession. <laughs> like I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so then like I wrote them all down. And then when I confessed, I kind of hid behind the paper like so. <laughs> And now it's a podcast, so you can't see me hiding, but I'm hiding behind a paper. And then after I said the first one, I like I brought it down and I expected to get yelled at. I expected yeah. him to be like like shocked or <laughs> like disappointed at me. At <laughs> and then he was just looking at me, he was just smiling and nodding like this. He was just going yeah. like that. And I was like, Did you hear me? And he was like, Oh yeah, I heard you. <laughs> so then I, so I went to the next one and I was like, Oh, this is great. And then I ugly cried when I was done. But wow. <laughs> ugly cried when I was yeah. done. Dude, sometimes yeah, Dan, you just need Dan, that it was snap, so in- that cry. It was yeah. so intimidating for us too. And uh-huh. our, oh my our, pastor, our parish pastor first asked us what he asked. I was like, what? Like I didn't kill anybody. And then I yeah. just said it to be nice. And then I, but I actually really meant the sins and got, cause he kind of came out of the blue and said it, right. Did he just, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He's so, us off guard. We're in his office and we're talking about uh, a really incredible woman. We got to take a break in a second. So I'll make this quick, but, um, we were talking about a really incredible woman named Maria Esperanza, who he knew, and um, and she, she might be made a saint one day. He's telling us all these crazy, cool stories about, like, you know, how she had miraculous gifts. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's so cool. And he goes, yeah. So, um, you guys going to go to confession? How about you go to confession? I'll hear them right now. And I was like, <laughs> what? What? Like, so Like, you got to right. examine your conscience first, right? I I never had a priest just straight up say, "Do you want to go to confession?" To me, like personally. And at first, I was like super offended. Like, I didn't kill anybody. But then I was just to be nice. I was like, you know what? All right. Something told me, okay, I will. And then one at a time, first me, then rock went to confession. And I remember after that confession, I felt lighter than air. Like I just dropped 30 pounds in like, like 30 seconds. Great. Greatest weight loss program ever. So we're going to take a quick break before uh, we get back to ask Amber for um, some advice on what she would tell someone who is on the fence and where she's at now. Uh, So we'll take a quick music break. Stay with us. back after that short break uh i was gonna ask amber like what climactic moment like really catapulted her back she had just gone to confession but before we get to that rocco and amber need to explain something they both have divulged <laughs> that they do not like chick-fil-a fries this is the waffle fries yes you've heard it here folks yeah. you've heard it here rocco our own rocco now first off this is treason because i thought i was friends with rock yeah same i thought i, thought I, thought we I knew too. him rock it's been a good run him. It's been it's and, been a, it's been a good twenty what three years twenty three years yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry but it's 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 over officially we are no longer friends yep. with Rock and Amber I mean we've been getting close with Amber as friends I mean she's done so many things to help us out like to you know help out JMJ she had us on she interviewed us that all seems like straw now yeah we have found <laughs> out she doesn't nothing. like Chick Fil A 
fries. So real quick, explain yourselves. Sorry. Go ahead. I just I understand they're called waffle fries, but they literally taste too waffly. Like fries aren't supposed to taste <laughs> waffle like. Oh no, he's making he's making like a good traditional argument. American good old fashioned but French fries. They don't taste like waffles. They taste they, like they, fries. They're just shaped like waffles. There's 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 a hint of waffleness to them. You know he's right. And I don't like that. What and 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 no, don't give me watch your step. There's watch your step. I'm, I'm just waffle, keeping an open of, mind of, in this argument. Like I have my opinion, but I'm just I'm just staying open here. I think Rock. Yeah. You're right. You know, and fries shouldn't have that characteristic. Honestly. <laughs> well, well, no, <laughs> I should not you think of fries. You think of yeah. good old fashioned potato, good old fashioned American potato. You don't think of waffles. Yeah. I just worked there for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Amber, what are your fries? Reasons? Amber, when you were at work, did you eat them? I know how they were made. That's my problem. Oh, oh. yeah. Is it actual waffles? <laughs> no, but they fry it in like the same oil that they do with the chicken. So that's why you get that waffly taste from the chicken uh, breading. That makes sense. Okay. Inside so, information. Yeah, really. What amazing. else you got yeah. for us? Can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> 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 Overworked so me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Was it nice having Sundays off though? Yeah, but a lot of the times they, if you're a manager, you don't actually get Sundays off because that's your meeting days. So oh, that's wow. when you actually go in and you have to meet with all of the people for like hours. Hmm, so they don't actually get Sundays off. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. I still love Chick Fil A. Yeah, me too, and I always will. Uh, probably yeah. till the day I die. Anyway, at least I don't like cream cheese. Mm. <laughs> now that now, oh. now we're talking more. <laughs> No. <laughs> but you, so our audience is getting a little bit of an insight into what we talk about over the breaks and off camera. There was a huge cream cheese and butter debate that we've had. Yes. Um, now it's been I, raging. I, I do not like cream cheese. I think cream cheese is nasty. I well, and you don't like that, any cheese. Like, well, yeah. all right. Now listen, yeah, me listen. which is weird. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, this has got to go. Listen, man, <laughs> I'll eat mozzarella. All I'm saying is I am aware that 90% of the population is against me on this, but you know, like it's like St. Augustine said, or was it Fulton Sheen? Uh, don't bring St. Augustine into your <laughs> no, no, no. argument. No, no, no. Right is right. Even if nobody's doing it and wrong is wrong, even if everyone's doing it. So even if 90% of the population is against me on this cream cheese thing, I'm holding my ground. I'm actually mad that you made such a good point. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So sit down. I'm kidding. All right. We're already sitting down. <laughs> That's true. We're all <laughs> wow. All right. I'm just going to stop talking now. <laughs> um, so anyway, Amber, climactic moment. You've been to confession. Back to your conversion story, by the way. Okay. Climactic moment. You've been to confession. Where did it all come to a head where you're like, you know what? This is like who I am now. I've found, I've found myself spiritually again. Yeah. So that kind of comes with a funny story. Um, after my first confession and everything like that, I didn't go to mass afterwards because they didn't have any mass during that time for some reason. I don't remember why. Um, so I ended up waiting a week till I went back to mass and <laughs> I, okay. I had some weird wardrobe malfunctions at the old church where it's like, I thought the outfits were cute, but the kids my age didn't think so. They're like, Oh, why would you wear that? And kind of like judged me for like the looks I tried putting together that I thought were like cute and stuff, but mm -hmm. they were too modest for them or something. I don't know. It, it was interesting. Anyways. So I show up to church this one Sunday. I still didn't really know anybody, but I was taking a Latin class because go big or go home. So I decided to sign up for a Latin class the same day I did my first confession. Wow. <laughs> you went, you went be beeline for the traditions there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, go big or go home. And I'm already home. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All I got to do is go big. 
Exactly. <laughs> so I show up to church and I'm walking to church and I realize my feet feel funny. And I'm like, I forgot my shoes. <laughs> so did you wait, wait, did you like physically forget your shoes? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I somehow drove an hour barefoot. And the only thing I had wow. in the back of my car were my uh, shower flip-flops naturally that i take with me camping wait so, okay so are you, you about to say you were shoeless i don't know i i go everywhere like barefoot so oh okay <laughs> so so uh, that's a little weird but um anyway um saint francis person what are you talking about that's okay that's a good point don't defend yeah, it. that's true no 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 the discount no no, ju no judgments here <laughs> thank you all you have here you had the discount human being the discount orders of nuns discount carmelites literally means shoeless so okay she's got something there continue please. so i show up to church in basically my water shoes and i was going to catechism class or whatever latin class and this one lady goes that's an interesting uh outfit i like it is that what the kids are wearing these days <laughs> she's like you're like 60s so how do you respond to that and i said i just forgot my shoes and she's like oh sweetheart nobody's gonna notice <laughs> and then i didn't even know this woman but she just took my arm she's like are you in the latin class i'm in the latin class too i think we should walk in together i feel mm. like that'd be a good thing this was like first day of latin class she was super cute and so uh yeah she was really nice and then i met some other moms and stuff like that who were really sweet who i'm still friends with and uh yeah so i started taking catechism class and i started attending the tlm um, and that's actually what just like changed my whole perspective was like going to TLM again, because when I was a kid, I didn't understand it. And I don't think most kids do. Yeah. Um, I didn't really read the missile. I didn't know how to follow along. I was just like, oh, the bells are ringing 20 minutes before mask gets out. All right. right, right. <laughs> um, so I only had like those, okay, time markers for when we leave, not necessarily understanding. Um, now I follow along. I follow along fine from the Latin class and also missile. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and then once I actually started understanding it and what was going on, what the bells were for, all the little details that are in the mass, the Latin mass itself, that um, make it the way that it is. I didn't even notice some of the things they said, the hand postures, the facing, the there's just so many things at Orientum that are so special about it and mm -hmm. so reverent that I didn't see at a lot of the other churches I was going to. But right. I was just like, this is it. Like, this is home. This yeah. is where I want to be. Yeah, it's like that authentic kind of feel, you know, with, with so many different ideologies and different cheap, fake things being thrown at people. They need that authenticity. They need to feel like something is sacred. And that's the whole point of the sacred aspect of churches and why they're built with the huge, the huge cathedrals built so high into the, into the sky, pretty much, is to give you that feeling of lifting you up. You know, it's like all a, it's all a mental exercise to help you pray with faith and get really into it. The incense, all of this. So, I mean, we are not traditional Latin mass people per se. We, I mean, I've been to them before. I don't go out of my way for them, but obviously, we're not against it at all. But we do love when the when the church is is um when the when the sacraments are taken with the respect they deserve because then it grabs you and it makes you realize this is something real it's like when people are drinking drinking fine wine you're not going to drink it out of a uh, a cup like a plastic cup you know you're going to drink it out of the nicest glass ever because amber's giving a weird look do you drink wine fine wine out of plastic cups coffee cups <laughs> interesting okay 
See, so that's a foul. That's totally a foul. <laughs> yep, that's strike two. Like she's like yeah. you just you're 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 you got five fouls. You got one more before you foul out, and that's only if you're in the NBA. If you're in college, you're already fouled out. Yep. So <laughs> it's okay. I'm already failing college. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's why we do these things, right? Like when you have like fine. Now, not that we're like you know drunkenness is obviously not something you go for so within moderation but like fine liquor or fine wine or anything important you feel like it's authentic it's weighty it's the real thing you know mm-hmm. uh, you want to you want to like f- you know feel it in your hands and know that it's real and tangible and that's that's what the traditions of our faith give us it gives us this authenticity that the world can't so it's really interesting you found it through through the latin mass and just through the traditions of our church in general which are so beautiful you know yeah yeah would you say that it resonates with you as like the authenticity? Is that kind of what gets you as well? Yeah. The music, the authenticity, the incense, actually funny story. I go to another little parish down the street from my house and uh, the last, I think it was two Sundays ago or last Sunday, uh, we had so much incense at high mass that the fire alarms went off and the fire department came. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, still not enough incense. <laughs> Amber, I used to be absolutely, absolutely obsessed with Benedict. Oh, yes. I love St. Benedict. I have his medal around my no, Pope, Pope, Pope Benedict, right? Oh. I'm sorry. I should have. <laughs> should have specified. <laughs> yeah. no, St. Benedict's cool, too, though. St. Benedict's all right. <laughs> He's okay. I'm sure, I'm sure you, you, uh, you share that liking for him as well mm-hmm. because of how traditional he was. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he was a good one. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> so... <laughs> So moving on, any, I'm just kidding. Um, ever since that time, you've just been all in, right? So that's just, you were just like, all right, this is me. I'm, I'm going to, when did you decide you were going to actively evangelize on social media? Like when did that become a thing? Or was, or was, were you not trying to evangelize? You were just being yourself and it turned into that. Like how did this all come about after you've already made, you already made your decision for Christ? I'd say the latter. Um, I, God kind of just placed it on my lap. I didn't expect it to happen. I've been on social media for years, ever since I was like 13 or 14. And I got my first smartphone. Like I've been on social media for years. Right. Um, but I never really like took off or anything. I tried doing like a workout Instagram, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like this and that. And stupid stuff like that. Um, nothing really ever took off for me though. And then on TikTok, I posted, a. Catholic check kind of thing where it's just like Catholic. And then there's like video. And I just made a video about like my church and like my rosary and Chick-fil-A. I don't know. stupid stuff. And that blew up. Like that got like a thousand something views. And um, I was just like, as a like person who only had like 15 followers, I was like, Ooh, you know? And then um, from there, like it just kept growing and growing because um. I started getting deeper into my faith and stuff like that. And people just seemed to be interested in it. And so originally I was doing it because I felt like I didn't have anybody when I was coming back into my faith. I didn't really have any mentors or anybody who was my age on social media, who I felt like I could follow, who was in my same situation. I probably didn't even really look that hard, but <laughs> I didn't really find any young adults that were also in the same position I was. So I was like, well, maybe there's other Catholics out there, converts or reverts or lapsed, you know, young adults who need some inspiration and I could be that for them. And so I slowly started up my TikTok and then from TikTok went to Instagram. And then from Instagram, people said they wanted longer videos. So I went to YouTube and then from YouTube, I did my podcast. And then from that Twitter and whatever else I'm on. I forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> you made the account, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> and Amber, we, I know you mentioned before, um, you might, you might be a speaker soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully in uh, Colorado, hopefully it'll nice. be like a little thing and it'll be fun. Yeah. Is speaking anything you've thought of doing in general, like just generally putting yourself out there and marketing yourself as a Catholic speaker? Cause we always need young ones and ones that are passionate. Uh, to get out there in Catholic schools, religious ed programs, retreats, because most kids, they need a friendly, normal, fun face that can also bring that authenticity. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I definitely have. My social anxiety usually gets the better of me, though. Um, but the thing is, is like I did do a talk for about six, I think it was a sixth grader catechism class um, or something like that. Maybe they were fifth grade. But I did for, I basically told them like my story and like why I'm Catholic and like why you need to stick with the faith. And it really resonated with a few of them. And I'm mm -hmm. still in contact with a couple of them, which are really sweet. Um, but they were really into it. And so I was like, oh, this is something I could do. Like, this is cool. And then uh, the Colorado gig is the first time I'll actually be talking in front of people, but I'm excited. And I like that it, this, this is like the first gig and it's like laid back. You know, yeah. it's, there's going to be a panel. And so I can answer questions or I can do my own thing for 15 minutes. It's very laid back and it, it's personable. You know, it's not like thousands and thousands of kids. It's like 400 yeah. something. And mm -hmm. I'm very excited. So. Yeah. I think you're going to do it. I think you're going to do a really good job at that because Thank you're already you. just crushing it on social media, but then yeah. to see you in person, like to have like some, you know, some kid who knows nothing about the faith, maybe like they just somehow come to your talk. Like you could really, you could really get to them. Because like you're yeah. totally normal, like you're you're funny and like and also you love the Lord. And people don't <laughs> people don't know that those two things can go hand in hand. So I think you no, showing that to them, like I feel like you could cause a obviously God does the work, but you could be like the person who like plants seeds and like cause a lot of conversions. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And four hundreds is is let me tell you, it's no uh that's that's a pretty big group that's, of kids, you know, so crowd. Yeah. Now 15 minutes is easy to cover. I'm sure you'll be able to cover that in two seconds. Um, well, that <laughs> well, makes no minutes. sense, right? 15 minutes, and two seconds are two <laughs> totally different. It'll different feel like two seconds. Yeah. yeah. It'll, you'll be able to cover that easily. I should say. And Amber, when, <laughs> when is this talk? So we can like pray for you before it's it in, it's in July. Okay. I believe. Cool. Okay. June or July. One nice. of the J's. Cool. You got time to prep. Yeah. And honestly, an easygoing setting is the best. I remember when I first started giving talks, I mean, I had done ministries at, like at my parish a lot, like giving different ministry talks and led prayer groups. So I was used to speaking in front of people about the Lord, but then it had been a few years before we started to actually start JMJ missions. And I hadn't actually gotten in front of a large group of people and spoken in a while. Uh, I remember like I had to get up in front of a bunch of people after communion at mass to promote the mission that was coming up that week. And because it had been three years or four years since I'd actually like gotten up and done that, I was like, I didn't expect it, but I started to have like an actual panic attack right before I went up there to talk. And uh, I took like a little bit of divine intervention, like a last second prayer to get through it. Um, but then that first talk, when it actually did come, it was like very casual. The priest was super nice and just easygoing. And like that made all the difference and made it easy to, it, it went, the talk went great. And it just, you know, you just kind of, you forget about the nerves a few minutes in and then just, you just roll with it. And that was an hour long talk. So I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. And then it's been easy ever since. Um, I love that. So Amber, what would you say to somebody being that you made that decision for the Lord after finding that authenticity, let's say there's like a young adult or somebody listening right now um, who's on the fence about the faith. They're not sure they see something like, Oh, like, you know, these guys, JMJ, they, they seem okay. This girl, Amber seems cool. They're normal. So maybe there's something there. What would you tell someone who's on the fence about their faith right now? What kind of advice would you give them? 
I would say um, whether you're not Catholic yet or you are Catholic and you are considering coming back to your faith or getting deeper into your faith, whatever it might be, I always highly suggest going to adoration. Like that is one of the first things I always suggest to anybody. Mass too. Mass is amazing, but really having that alone time with the Lord and adoration for those who don't know, it's where we sit in adoration with Christ because Christ is truly present in the Eucharist and the Mm -hmm. Eucharist is out and we just sit there with him. Um, so having a holy hour, which is where you do adoration for an hour, mm-hmm. I feel like is very beneficial just for anything and anyone, whether you're thinking about coming back into your faith, you're making a hard decision, you're not Catholic yet, but you might be thinking about it. Adoration is one of those great places to start. That's awesome. Amber, have you ever had a time where, you know, you wanted to go to adoration or you knew that you should go to adoration, but then like something is just telling you just not to do it. Like maybe like something's pulling against you, like you don't want to. And then, cause what I found is when that happens, that if you rise above that and go, it's like the best adoration ever. Has that anything? Amazing like that ever graces come from those situations. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially when it's being so, like it being so cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go do anything. And unfortunately that's actually been kind of like my crutch for the last few weeks is like, it's so cold outside. Like, I don't want to go to adoration. I don't mm-hmm. want to go to the gym. I don't want to go grocery shopping. I don't want to do anything yeah <laughs> and so i'll just like stay in my little prayer quarter I'll especially in up. chicago <laughs> oh it's awful the wind yeah. it's the wind mm-hmm. yeah and uh so yeah that's actually been something that i've been struggling with for the last couple of days because it's been so cold and just ugh, gross yeah. and the roads have been awful and i'm like oh i should really really go and then i'm like it's so cold <laughs> especially when it especially when it snows but the snow oh, has been like cold. dead on the road for like the last three or four days so yeah. it doesn't even look nice it's just it's I just know. ugly and dirty and yeah. nasty and slippery i understand but when you do rise above it as aunt was saying like you feel so good afterwards the graces just start flowing in um usually when you can rise above an intense temptation even if the temptation is not to pray you get really rewarded very quickly so that's pretty awesome so adoration great great um great answer great answer and honestly like for us at jmj what we notice is that almost all of our good ideas almost all of them that we have for like a video or for a new thing to do or a new retreat to offer or something, something good that's going to save souls. It has come when one of us was in adoration or praying the rosary. That's when almost all of our good ideas come, which is why we can't take credit for it. Which it mm-hmm. The credit has to go to the Holy spirit. And that's how we know it's not us. You know, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Dan, that's something you and I will talk about. Like we'll, we'll have ideas for James all the time. And like, one thing I'll do is like, guys, like, here's what we should do. And I thought of it like right before communion, like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously yeah. that's not adoration, but it's like in those situations, when we get ideas, we like, we kind of take that as a confirmation that it's from God. Exactly. Right. It's not just messing around and throwing together <laughs> crappy right. ideas that were just yeah. human ideas. Yeah. In fact, rock your favorite vlog, the LBI vlog that you love that you talked about earlier. Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. After, Anthony after and, mass, right. And yeah, it came to me during mass. And then as soon as mass ended, during I was like mass. texting you guys as fast as I could. And then we were, yeah, yeah. And we so... literally started filming the next day. Aww. Yeah. Following, nothing yeah, was, nothing was, was planned. And it was, I think it was pretty successful. And then it was uploaded five days later. And it usually takes us like six and a half months to do things. As you can see, <laughs> the podcast like took us like four hours, <laughs> but we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, presently Amber, as you were just saying, it gets hard to do things. It gets hard to motivate yourself. You know, you're, you're putting in, you're a college student. You're 22, right? So you're like a senior or a junior? A junior. College. Okay. So you're a junior in college. So you are in the thick of your college work. What's your degree in, by the way? 
graphic design. Okay. So you're in the, wow. So that's going to be huge. Yeah. And that could, you could use that in incredible yeah. ways to help with the faith. I, yeah. I'm Hopefully. on Canva like all the time myself. Um, <laughs> and I'm not even good at graphic design. So I can only imagine what a graphic designer could do with that. So awesome. We can see where, how God's working with that, with the degree you're working on, but that's a lot of work. So what keeps you going to like, continue to post, to continue to have a presence, to continue answering questions about your faith, defending your faith, um, trying to evangelize, like what, like, what would you say is the secret to continuing to persevere in this way? I think at the end of the day, just knowing that even if I convert one soul or if I plant one seed in, I don't know, the thousands of posts I've made, if it's just helped one person be saved, I feel like it's worth it. Um, at the end of the day, I, Sometimes I struggle with, okay, does God want me to post this or am I posting this because I think this is interesting? You know, right. I feel like we all struggle with that. Right. You know, am I doing this because I want to or am I doing it for God? And I do right. find that sometimes I do fall into that where it's like, oh, I'm going to post this because I want to. Um, <laughs> right. Right. And like right. It, it comes with being young and inexperienced, I think, too, because despite the fact like I don't really have that much experience as it is, you know, on social media and things like that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's like having that mindset of like, I forget who said it, but somebody said that the sanctification of souls should be at the forefront of our minds at all times. Um, I think it was a, it was either a Pope or a saint. Um, but I'm not, I don't remember exactly who said it, but, yeah. um, yeah. somebody said that. And I was just like, our first and main concern should be the sanctifications of souls. That's true. Um, and so for me, it's like, knowing that even one of my videos has helped somebody come back to their faith or go to confession or has helped clear something up that they misunderstood about Catholicism. It's worth it. Yep. That's a great way to go about it. And honestly, that's what kind of our, our benchmark too. Like when we're coming up with ideas, we look back like, okay, is anyone's soul going to be actually helped by this? Or are we mm -hmm. just messing around for ourselves? Like is Ant just posting this? Cause he looks cute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did Anthony. that once. I did I'm that just once. kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. Amp. Yeah. That's hilarious. No, but I actually did that once. And then I actually <laughs> made him take down a post about our, my wedding. Cause I was like, Ant, that's for you. Yeah, Cause you look darn you good. And you know, I did, it. I did it for reasons that we'll, that we'll talk about after the podcast, but, <laughs> but I did it. And then like, even as I posted it and I was like, yeah, and then like, I knew that I couldn't do it. And then Dan texted me like 25 minutes after. And he was like, why'd you post that? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I shouldn't have posted that. <laughs> so I deleted it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, wow, it looks really good in that picture. And then I paused. I was like, right. But okay. And, and there's absolutely no, like, there was absolutely no yet. salvific value to the picture <laughs> whatsoever. Not even the, not even the caption. Zero. It was just like, it was yeah. just like, oh, Anthony's looking great. It was the caption. <laughs> it was something like that. I'm like and on a JMJ missions on account. a JMJ post. That's too <laughs> yeah. funny. I love it. Was not my brightest moment. Uh, <laughs> we so all fun. have those uh, yeah. moments. But, but Amber, <laughs> it's, it's and we cool. do. It's cool that you're able to even like analyze the difference and think and like even for you to ask that question. Like I'm sure that's pleasing to God that you even ask Him that question. Like, is this because I want to post this, or is this because God wants this, or people need it? And I think your posts are because God wants it and people need it. But it's cool that you even you know bring that into consideration. It kind of shows your maturity. And it's, your, right. it's humility, and humility. Yeah. You need, and honestly, in order to grow, especially as a speaker, when you're at the point where you can, you feel confident in your ability to actually evangelize souls and try to do good for the Lord in that way, you need humility because you're, you're you can actually backslide by 
by subconsciously and we can all do it. I, I, for me as a speaker, like I get nervous before my talk sometimes. And then I realize, okay, that's because I'm worried about what people are thinking of me. I'm not thinking about the message. I'm not thinking about the gospel. I'm not thinking about these people's souls. I just, without even realizing it made it about me. Mm-hmm. So humility is what's going to let us rise above these things. So one last question, Amber, and thank you so much for all your tips. This has been fantastic. Um, how do you deal with the haters? Cause I know you get some. Yeah, it's in my bio and it's in basically every description on my social media. Haters will be prayed for. Um, (laughs) I think the main thing is just to understand that when it comes to the haters, they're usually ignorant in some way. They have something else going on in their lives that you're not familiar with. Like just the other week, I had somebody threaten me and there was this whole thing about it. Um, And I kind of thought about it for a second. And I was like, you know what? Actually, I feel like God puts these people on my page to pray for them. Like he brings these people to me. And even though they, because they're human and they're sinful and they struggle with things, they're not doing it in the best way. It's actually a cry for help um, in a certain way. It's obviously not the best way to go about it. Like I don't appreciate (laughs) it, but at the same time, I'm like, this is kind of like a silent cry for help, you know? And so we need to be the ones to answer that. It's true. These people are really searching. Uh, Well, okay. The ones that are just vulgar and have nothing but bad intentions, Sometimes it's just like, you got to just distance yourself and pray for them. But some of these people are genuinely searching, but like, they're just underneath this raw, you know what I mean? Kind of aggressive mentality that they have, you know? Yeah. A lot of people have been hurt either by, usually it's by people, like obviously by people, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times they'll blame that on God or they'll blame it on the church or they'll blame it on something else. Right. Um, When in reality, there's a lot of just stuff that needs to be uncovered there. And I think they want healing. They are just scared. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah makes perfect sense if you can share this non-vulgar what is the weirdest funniest hate comment you've ever gotten you think um somebody told me that constantine was pagan and so therefore catholicism was pagan and christianity stemmed from catholicism therefore all christians are pagan and that we worship doorknobs (laughs) i was not (laughs) because they're circular Like I'm heading on. I'm like, all right, yeah, Christians are pagans. Doesn't make any sense, but I get what they're going for. Doorknobs. Apparently, we were. Yeah, that. And also, there was something about dragons. There was there was something about like you worship dragons and doorknobs because the doorknobs were circular, and because the Vatican is circular, anything that's a circle was considered pagan. Okay. <laughs> so y'all nice. faces are pagan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So all, all I got from that is that the Vatican is shaped like a doorknob. <laughs> Interesting. Very cool. Okay. <laughs> I kind of just like, I asked them to clarify. I was just like, can you repeat that again? Like, can you, so I can understand you. And they said the same thing. And I was like, so we're pagan because you think we worship doorknobs. And they're like, yeah, basically <laughs> what, what, what part of that don't you understand? And I was like, oh, okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so why we got to pray for those people. And especially those that are genuinely searching, like, you know, I'll defend the faith all day to Protestants that are attacking the Catholic faith. In the end, I don't, it's not my favorite thing because like, I feel like the devil just loves when Christians are going at each other, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I just feel like you pray for them when, if they're open, they'll, um, they'll, they'll remember that, you know, um, and they'll, they'll, they'll remember what you say. You'll plant a seed. It'll be okay. So, um, honestly, let's try to, let's try to be patient with all the people that disagree, especially our brother Christians and try to, um, just foster an idea of unity and pray that they will come to see the truth in the Catholic even faith. If, you know? Even if they like waffle fries and cream cheese, <laughs> and cream cheese. <laughs> I'm sorry that 
is automatic excommunication in my book. That is not reconcilable. <laughs> Rock, I'm sorry, man. You're out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah both of you guys are out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, we're going to take a quick break and we'll do our final segment, the infamous, or hopefully I should say famous, Saint Cup. We'll be right back. going to draw from the saint cup the famous saint cup um we don't have rock here to actually do it it's just <gasps> well me. we have it we but we also have a guest and i think amber should should do it Ooh, i'm dyslexic let's mess this up let's go <laughs> okay amber's gonna read it as i pick it i'm gonna shake the little cup you can hear all of them shaking in there hopefully like the beans okay. in my head <laughs> <laughs> i will pick it show it to the camera i do not know which one it is here we go it is Blessed oh. Carlos Acutis. Oh. Yeah, I think that's how you say it in Italian. He's reading that's it. Yeah. She's yeah. reading it backwards, right? It's on the it's on a mirror on the screen. Are you reading it backwards? No, no it's it. normal. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. for me it's backwards. <laughs> <Huh>. Okay, <laughs> Blessed Carlo Acutis. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's what's really crazy. We tried this the first time. There were technical difficulties, and we got Saint Clair of Assisi, which we'll I'm sure talk about at a later podcast. But you know, Amber mentioned Eucharistic adoration which is really cool. And St. Clair's whole thing was she's really attached to Eucharistic adoration. She has a really cool story with that. Are you guys feeling what I'm feeling on mm -hmm. this? On, on, I think God's trying to say something. What do you guys know about, about Blessed Carlo Acutis and his connection to the Eucharist? So God has really taken over with his divine providence here. Yeah, I know he loved the Eucharist. He used to say that, you know, a lot of people stand in front of the sun to get a tan, but he stands in front of the sun like God, the sun and he gets, <laughs> I forget what I wish I knew the rest of the quote. I just kind of killed it, but it, it kind of, it connected and it was like, like a spiritual just, tan. Exactly. Something like, <laughs> yeah. but it was much better. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. He also made a website, an online website to teach people about the Eucharist. Yeah. And especially Eucharistic miracles, Eucharistic yeah. miracles. And when we had our conversion, we went to Venezuela. So we went to a place called Los Tecas in Venezuela and we saw one of the Eucharistic um, miracles and it, it was there. It was at a convent. And me being like less than a, a year into the faith, I didn't know what I was looking at. I was like, <laughs> what? I, I, didn't, I didn't understand. But now like, and I even checked. So he actually documented that one. So it's just cool that we've seen one that he's documented. That's amazing. Wow. And he was all about adoration. Many Eucharistic miracles happen during mass or during adoration. And often, as Ant was saying, the Eucharistic host that usually often bleeds miraculously and they'll test it, real human blood, mm -hmm. heart atheist tissue, doctors, blood type AB every scientists. time. Yeah, no, atheist scientists will test it too. So like there's Absolutely. no bias. Yeah. Oh yeah, cardiologists, yeah. things like that will actually test it. It'll come out as real human blood mm -hmm. every time and the blood type like matches, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and normally that'll be on display in Eucharistic adoration. So for our listeners, I think what God is trying to tell us and you, all of us, including Amber and all of us at JMJ, and all the listeners is to pay attention to the Eucharist, mm -hmm. pay attention to it, go to Eucharistic adoration, go to daily mass. If you can, I mean, it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. He really does love you that much. Carlo Acutis died at a young age, about 15 or 15, I think 15 or 16, 15 years old oh, in 2006. Um, he died, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. so, so he was born in 91. So like he oh. just, he would have been one year younger than you guys. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So yeah. he's a modern day teenage saint who wore Nike shoes, Nike, right? He wore Adidas. He was buried in Nikes. 
buried in wow. 1980. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was Spider Man for Halloween. Oh, uh, was he really? Yeah, he was Spider Man oh, for awesome. Halloween. That's awesome. And oh. sorry. Wow. So, and also, he loved video games. And like, so he would have been a millennial. He is in the millennial generation. And we grew up on video games. And so, like, and he would limit himself to one hour per week. And like, just like this, the strength to be able to limit yourself to one hour per week as a teenager. That's like, that's just insane. And he said he, it's because he knew that it was of no real value and he didn't want to waste too much time on it because he would rather be doing things that were going to benefit his soul. Like like just, and just like to know that as a teenager, that's insane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll one up you. I even heard that he got it to 20, got it down to 20 minutes a week at one point. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he was a computer uh, programmer. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm speaking fast just because we're running out of time again. Yeah. But um, one thing I know is that that last summer of his life, you know, it's summertime. Usually kids are outside playing and, and doing things. He spent that entire last summer of his life compiling that website. And they, they had a housekeeper that would kind of, you know, I think they were a pretty wealthy family. And this dude um, was friends with Carlo. And he would tell him, he like, dude, like go outside, like play soccer. And he would, and Carlo Acutis would say, I have to finish this. He's mm-hmm. like, I can't, I have to finish this. It's he almost like he walk, knew. And then he would he'd, walk himself to church every morning or every day too. As a kid, his parents would be wow. like, where are you going? And he would just walk himself to church. Wow. That's so cool. And then, and then he passed away in October. So like a couple months after he finished is when he passed away. So it's incredible. It's like he knew. Yeah. So for all those listeners out there, one great thing to take from this, try to spend less time in front of the TV and your phone and more time in front of the blessed sacrament. Exactly. Like blessed Carlo. Right. All right. Let's do a closing prayer Perfect. before we wrap it up. In the name of the father, son, Holy spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you so much for a wonderful podcast. Thank you for Amber. We ask you to bless all she does. Bless our efforts at JMJ Missions. Help us to take the Eucharist seriously. Forgive us all of our sins and be with us as we go throughout our day today. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Amber.